exhaustively tonight. I don't always do that on a Wednesday night, um, but we're going to go ahead and do that. Luke chapter 2, and we are going to read from verse 8 through verse 20. Uh, So most of the Christmas story here, uh, Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 through 20. Luke chapter 2, I'll start in verse number 8, join me on verse number 9, and we'll read responsively down through verse number 20. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. As we look at the Christmas story and we look for things that are applicable, I don't want to just have knowledge. Knowledge about an event with no practical application doesn't help me. I I want to learn, and uh, God says that these things are written for our in samples. They were given to us so we could learn from them. And all of the events, the history, uh, if we fail to learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. And uh, so I think it's very important that we not only know the events that take place in the Bible, but we also look for practical application on how we can, how we can apply it to our daily life. What are, what are some things that we can learn? And uh, so I started a series for the Wednesday nights, and it was entitled, make room. And tonight I'm going to speak to you on that subject, make room. Uh, But I think there are some things that we can learn that we can make room for in our life. That little statement that there was no room for them in the end, it was saying there wasn't any room. There was no place available for them to be in that, uh, in that uh, inn, a place of shelter, a place, place to uh, reside uh, for that night. And they, there wasn't any room. Uh, and in my life, though, I, I want to make sure that there's room for the things that God would want me to have in my life. And so these are some things we're going to look at tonight, four things that we can make room for 
in our life. And so let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd bless now uh, from the youngest child to the oldest senior saint. Uh, may all of us have an open mind and heart. And I pray that you just help us to grow tonight, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. Uh, make room. Uh, and we do. We need to make room. I'm grabbing my, uh, my notes here to my phone because all of a sudden it looks like my iPad is going to die, and uh, that would be bad. All right, there we go. Uh, so uh, make room. Uh, today when we were uh, at the airport, we, had, uh, we flew up to Washington Monday night, uh, spent uh, uh, Tuesday with my mom, and Tuesday evening, my brother and sister and their families came over as well, got to spend a little bit of time with them, and then uh, this morning went over, spent a little bit of time with mom till about 10.30, and then we took off, hit the airport. Uh, and as we were getting on the shuttle uh, from the parking area, uh, it was packed. And so uh, as you're trying to get on and trying to get your luggage onto the, the shuttle, I mean, it was just, you had to just keep moving and trying to slide, find a place for your luggage, find a place to sit down. Uh, and the, it was standing room only. Uh, there was some poles, there's two seats sitting here. And literally it couldn't have been uh, it couldn 't have been twenty four inches, maybe thirty inches uh, wide, and a big guy was sitting in one of these seats, and another big guy decides to sit down and he sits down and literally i mean they were just they were just packed in there, and they were right across from me, and i couldn 't help but laugh i mean it, he the one guy is just about sitting on the other guy 's lap. Uh, and it was just comical, and I'm and I'm looking around, and everybody's trying to make room for somebody else uh, as they are, uh, as they were getting onto this shuttle, and finally end up having to leave, uh, close the doors. People are standing still on the sidewalk, uh, have to wait for the next shuttle. But uh, we we make room for things often. We, we might have something, you, you go grocery shopping and uh, you're getting things and you had stuff in the car that you forgot to get out and then you have to shuttle things around and you make an airport run and you have to move things around. Uh, maybe you just don't clean your car and you just have to make, make room anyway for somebody to sit in there. Uh, but regardless, we make room for things in our life and that, that is just basically saying that we have to, uh, we have to um, purposefully make make some, some room. Uh, and in life, we make room for things. We make, we make schedule changes because something comes up. And now all of a sudden, we, we didn't have that carved out in our schedule. And so we change our schedule. What do we do? We made room for something that, was, uh, that needed to take place. And these events, uh, we have to make room for what has to be addressed. Now, when we look at the event with Mary and Joseph and, uh, and them traveling to Bethlehem and being great with child. Uh, we, we see that event. Go, go back to verse number one of Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when, when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, 
And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Now, every time I read this passage of scripture and I, and I hear this being great with child, uh, I'm sure she was not offended by God's, uh, his, uh, uh, his accounting of the event. Uh, but she was great with child. It was, wow, she's huge. <laughs> That's what I see when I see this, uh, when I see great with child. It's like, how far along are you, 23 months? I mean, uh, uh, big, she is great with child. And, uh, and you know what, with that condition, uh, I am sure she was not looking forward to this trip. I'm sure traveling was not on her, her, her plan. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like just getting in a car and taking a drive. And so uh, this event was not a comfortable event. Uh, and, and so I'm sure that uh, she was going through this and it probably wasn't what she wanted to take place. I am sure that it was not her desire that her, her baby was going to be born in a, in a stable. But these things, we can see that there are things to learn from this event. How many of you have ever had some things in your life that you didn't plan for? Things that you didn't like how it worked out. And I'm sure that's right where they're at. So what are some things that we can learn about this uh, making room? What are, what are some things that we can learn about uh, with this event? First of all, I want you to see that God has a purpose. God has a purpose. God, God had a purpose in this whole event, and he was not surprised where Jesus was going to be born. He was not surprised by the events that was going to transpire. He was not surprised that uh, Mary was going to bring forth this baby. Uh, and when the days were accomplished, that there was not going to be room in the end. Uh, there, it wasn't that God had a bad planning day. It wasn't that he didn't, uh, God didn't have it all figured out ahead of time. No, God had a purpose. He said, well, pastor, what was the purpose for that? I have no idea. But just because I don't know does not mean that God does not know. And just because the events in our life happen, uh, there, are, there is a purpose. There is a God in heaven, a sovereign God, a God who, who knows uh, everything that is going to happen. Uh, before the worlds were, he already had a plan for you and for me. There was a purpose. Uh, we need to make sure. Uh, you say, Pastor, what do we need to do then? We need to make room for God in our life. Make room for God. Uh, you say, well, you know, I, I, I just don't think this can, how can this be God's will? I don't know. But God's bigger than me. We've got to make room for God. We've got to make room for the fact that God has a plan and God uh, has a purpose. Make room for God's purpose in your life. And you say, well, well, we know that God had a purpose for Mary. We know that he had a purpose for Joseph. We know that God had a purpose for Jesus. Did God have a purpose for me? 
Does God have a purpose for you? Now, do we believe that God is sovereign? Isaiah 55, he inhabits eternity. He present tense is before the world was. He is right now. He is outside time. He is when the world is already gone. God God is an amazing God. And in this sovereignty of God, uh, he has a purpose. And since he has a purpose, he knows about me. He knows my name. He knows your name. Do we embrace the fact, have we made room in our life that God has a purpose specifically for me? Because he does. You may have, your parents may have said, well, you were an oops, wasn't expecting you. There are no oopses with God. He has a purpose for us. Uh, and so when we look at this, uh, we, need to have, we need to make room for God. God had a purpose. We go back to Luke chapter 1, if you would. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what this manner of salutation should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Uh, God had a purpose. God had a purpose. He had a purpose for this young girl. He had a purpose for uh, Jesus. He has a purpose for us. There's a purpose. Let's make room for God. Uh, God has a purpose. Uh, we go a little bit later into the story, and we see that God had a purpose for Zacharias. And he had a, he had a purpose for uh, Elizabeth. And he had a purpose for John the Baptist. Uh, and here, uh, John the Baptist, uh, he was given a purpose uh, to be that, uh, that prophet that was going to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness, uh, make straight uh, the path of the Lord there, the way of the Lord. And so we see that. And of course, uh, God has a, a purpose for them, but God has a purpose for us. God has a purpose for every one of the kids that are in here tonight. He's got a purpose for them. He's got a purpose for every one of the teenagers. Young adults, God's got a purpose for you. The old, the old people, 
we, we, uh, Deb had one of, one of her friends she was able to connect with, and we ended up having breakfast with her before we uh, went over and saw Ma uh, yesterday. Uh, and with that, uh, we sat down, and, and uh, Michelle's a little bit older than we are, and she said, now, uh, man, she started to tell us some, some of the health things that are going on. She's, but no, I'm not, I'm not going to go into all the detail because, you know, I don't want to be that person that's always talking about health. Uh, and uh, anyway, so uh, she starts, and then I just start laughing. And I said, we're there. <laughs> I said, we are now the old people talking about health. Uh, and so uh, we, we, we made fun of everybody else that were doing that when we were younger. And now, uh, now it's happened. It's just, it was just sort of comical. It's a reality. And, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, God's not surprised. He knows exactly where we're at. Every stage of our life, he has a purpose. So with that, then let's make room for God to work in my life. Let's, let's make a way, let's make room for God to reveal his purpose continually. His purpose wasn't just for one event. If that was the case, he would have taken us on out. He has a purpose that continues. And so with that, uh, we might not see what those purposes are. And there are people in Scripture. We're going to look here in a few moments. We'll look at the shepherds. Uh, but those shepherds, we, we see just a glimpse of them in Scripture. And then they're gone. But it does not mean that the rest of their life is without purpose. It just means that we get to see some of that purpose in their life for that span of time. And uh, so uh, God has a plan. Teenagers, children, adults, moms, dads, young, old, uh, God has a purpose. Uh, we need to make room for God and his purpose in our life. Number two, make room for people. Make room for people. You know, God brings people into our life and not all of them are our friends. You know, sometimes we, we think God brings people into our life so we can help them. But God might bring some people in to grow us. You know, sandpaper is meant to take some of the wood or metal off. That abrasiveness Sometimes the people that just rub us the wrong way, maybe we need to make room for that. Maybe God's trying to teach us something. Now, it doesn't mean we have to like it. I've got a belt sander, and uh, that belt sander will spin pretty quick, or uh, maybe even a grinding wheel or something like that. Uh, and if you have worked around tools, uh, there have been times that you got your fingers too close, and uh, I have sanded all of the skin uh, off of my fingers before I, something had happened, and uh, all of a sudden, next thing I know, a piece of wood moved, and my fingers are right down into that uh, that belt sander, and the the skin is just instantaneously gone, uh, and it doesn't feel so good. Sometimes that the people that God brings into our life 
Sometimes they're there for us to help them. Sometimes they're there to help us. But it might be also that God brings people into our life that's just there to grow us. People. You know, we're not necessarily going to be best friends with everybody. But if God brought somebody into your life, there's a reason. Do we believe that? Yeah. That that person that cuts you off when you're driving down the highway? Maybe it's patience that he's teaching us. No? No, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, but, but, but with that, there are people that God places in our life, and we've got to make room for them. When we look at this event, there were a lot of people that God brought into Mary's life that she had no other reason to have any interaction with other than God had them there for a reason. And so let's look at it, Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. It says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, with this, the angel, he's telling them to go find the baby. Well, they're going to find the baby, but they're going to find Mary. And they're going to find Joseph. And these are people that God has now introduced into Mary and Joseph and Jesus' life that they had no necessity of having interaction with. They didn't bring him gold and silver and precious stones. They didn't bring them uh, myrrh and uh, frankincense. No. But they were brought into their life. And, and with that, what do we find Mary do, doing? She kept all these things and pondered them in her in her heart. Lord, what does this mean? Why are these people in my life? What, what, what part does this play? It could have been anybody. It could have been the priest. It could have been some other religious individual, some, some scribe that knew the scripture, but it wasn't. He brought the shepherds in. So, so God has a way of bringing people into our life and uh, they might be somebody that is going to add great value to us. They might not be somebody that adds. They might be somebody that takes away. They may even be someone that irritates. But let's make room. Let's make room for the people that God has placed in our life because he's done it on purpose. 
So first, we need to, uh, we need to look at uh, what can we make room for? Uh, make room for God and the purpose that he has for us. Make room for people. Number three, make room for praise. Make room for praise. You know what that is? That is us looking at the life God has given us and praising him for it. We are so blessed. I told Deb, I mean, we, here we were, we were, and people were trying to get us to stay, go up, stay, stay longer. Uh, and and we, we could have, but, but we just felt like this is what we need to do. Just get up, make our visit, come back home. But we could. We could. And that, that is such a blessing. Uh, there are so many things that we are able to do in life, God has blessed us in so many ways. We need to praise him. Not just at Christmas time, we need to praise him. Day in and day out, God has blessed us uh, in so many ways. Uh, and so here uh, we see praise, uh, Luke two thirteen. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. What were they doing? Praising God. The heavenly hosts are praising God. Now, think about this. The heavenly hosts came down praising God. They weren't praising God down here for no purpose at all. Because they were in heaven praising God. The purpose of them coming down praising God down here is so we know what it looks like. So we can see the importance of it. And so now, they're, here they are, they're down here praising God uh, and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Uh, God's goodness toward men. Uh, yeah, out of the goodwill of God, God gave us his son. Uh, and we have peace with God. Why? Because of his son, the gift of his son. Uh, it, is, it is through the Lord Jesus Christ that we have peace with God, uh, Romans 5, 1. And so it came to pass that as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Uh, and here, uh, now they've heard it and they've got to see it for themselves. You know, our praising God should cause others to want to see what God's doing. God is good. And since God is so good, don't we want other people to enjoy the goodness of God? Don't we want others to, to experience what God has done in our life? Uh, and, and I know everybody's in different seasons and there are people that, that are hurting. There's other people that are, that are rejoicing. Uh, but God has been good to all of us in so many ways. And we want other people to have uh, God's blessings in their life. Well, let's share what God has been doing. How are they gonna know? How good God is if those that know him don't praise him. And I don't know about you, when I hear somebody else praise the Lord, it helps my spirit. When I, when I hear what God is doing somewhere else and in somebody else's life, that is a blessing. It's encouraging. 
And so here, uh, we need to be praising, uh, praising God. What, what should we be praising him for? For what we have heard. Man, all that we have, we've heard so much. We've been given so much. Praise him for what we have heard. Praise him for what we have seen. For what we have seen. I've been praising the Lord. 39 people uh, this year uh, were saved and baptized, and more than that on the salvation side, but on the baptism side, 39 people have been baptized this year. I'm, I'm just praising the Lord for that. I am. I'm just thanking God for the people that God has brought across our path. People that have been saved, people that have been baptized. Uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for just God's goodness in our life. Uh, And we have the ups and we have the downs and everybody has struggles and everybody has uh, concerns. Uh, But we need to be praising the Lord for what we have heard, for what we have seen, for what we have experienced. Psalm 84, or 34, 8, he said, taste and, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. When the experience of God in our life, don't miss it. We can become so... Um, not, not necessarily ungrateful. We can just become used to the blessings of God in our life that we don't even really recognize them. The experience of God in our life, his working. I was telling my brother and sister and my mom and Deb and I were sitting there in her, house, in her apartment. And as we were sitting there, I was just telling them, I said, you know, God's been so good to us. I said, our families, our marriages, the blessings that we have been able to enjoy, and it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus, what he has done. And with, without Christ, where would we be? Where would we be without Christ? So we need to praise him. We need to praise him. But not only do we need to praise him, we need to make room also, not just for the praises, we need to make room for possibilities. Possibilities. God is still working. He's still working. Uh, Luke 2, 16, it says, and they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe. We're reading this knowing that they did it. So we're reading it past tense. It's already transpired. But this was an opportunity that was in front of them. There was a possibility. They just heard something. Have you ever felt like the Lord told you that he was going to do something, but you weren't quite sure? You know, acting in faith when you're not 100% sure, but you still take that step of faith. I don't know how this is going to work, but here we go. Possibilities. You know what? God's still working. And we need to make room for that. Don't get content with just what you can see. Don't get content with just what you know. 
This, this Christian life is a life to where we need to be growing. It needs to be a life lived in faith. So, so we need to see that. Uh, we need to be trusting uh, that, that uh, we are going to go forward and trust. God has not just a purpose for our life. There are possibilities that he has for our future. But we have to take those steps. We have to take those steps. Hebrews eleven six, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. That means that God wants us to trust what he is going to do. He wants us to look forward. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That means that he has blessings for us, but if we're not diligently seeking him, then we're going to miss out. So, so uh, uh, he said that we should, uh, we should uh, diligently seek him. So we see that, uh, that purpose. We see that, uh, those possi- that praise, the possibilities. Uh, in Luke one thirty seven. the Bible says, For with God nothing shall be, what? Impossible. Pastor, I don't know how this is all going to work. With God nothing shall be shall be impossible. But the impossible won't be seen if we don't step out in faith. Possibilities are there. Take your Bibles. I know it's going to be up on the screen, but go, go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. My iPad did die, and I can't, I can't read it well off of that phone. Mark chapter number 11. Matthew, Mark. And look with me at verse number 22. Mark eleven twenty-two. Bible says, And Jesus answering saith unto them, What are those next four words? What are, what are those four words? Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, truly I say to you, have faith in God, for truly I say unto you, uh, he said, uh, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have some of what he says. Is that what it says? No. It says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, because of this, whatsoever I uh, say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. What is that? It's possibilities. That's future. That is expectation. Now, I've looked at Mount Rainier. I've looked at Mount Shasta. And I can't see the, the ocean when I'm looking at both of them. But, but I can't imagine having enough faith to make that a reality. 
but God says it is. When he looked at the disciples and he said, O ye of little faith. He said, if we had a faith as a grain of mustard seed. So with that, what is, what is that telling? It's telling us that there's a God that is able to do anything. Yeah. There are possibilities. I don't want to. I don't want to ask God for just little answers to prayer. I want to ask God for God-sized prayers. Yeah. I want to see God work. I want to see God do things that we can't even imagine. Above all that we ask or think. But what do we see here? We see that we can learn to make room for possibilities. Mary, how shall this thing be? I know not a man. What was the, what was the part that she was leaving out? God. And God wants to be shown to this world. We've got to make room in our life. There are some things, I don't know what it is that you're thinking about right now, but in your own life, let's let's look for God to work in our life. Let's, Let's look to see God do something great in in the span of time that we have, let's not just be content to exist. Let's make room. So as we go through this Christmas season and we see all kinds of opportunities and we see things that God, he just showed and revealed uh, in people's lives, uh, he's still able He's still able to work. He's able to work in our life. So make room for God's purpose. Make room for people. Make room for praise. And then let's make room for possibilities, what God can do in our life. Father, thank you for your goodness. I do pray that you'd bless each one of us tonight uh, as we uh, leave this service. I do pray that you'd help us uh, to, to look heavenward uh, and just to anticipate what you have for us. And uh, may we make room for you working in our lives. Uh, may we not just go through the motions. May we truly uh, diligently seek you. And may we see uh, the, the blessings that come uh, of you working. And so I pray that you'd bless. Uh, heads bowed, eyes closed. You say, Pastor,